Are there any good-looking podcast listeners out there tonight? Soccer dude, rockin' America. He doesn't know soccer, but he's gonna talk about soccer dude, rockin' America. Tactical analysis. Transfer news. Unlikely. Hey, that's not what I wrote. I don't really care. We're going with it now. All right. Soccer new back in America. America. Soccer new. Featuring person Talking about soccer lots. Hello and welcome to episode 169 of Soccer New Brock in America, featuring everybody's favorite 11-year-old superstar. Hello! Yeah, that's my kid, Persanoob, couldn't be prouder. And we are here, well, to have a lot of fun and learn a lot of soccer, and we thought that you might enjoy coming along for the ride, whether you're a veteran fan, noob like us, or anywhere in between. We're going to learn the way uh, football is organized and leagues and teams and geography, all kinds of stuff from all over the world. And we're going to do it by giving you match mini previews, 10 of them, not including even our super cool bonus matches from all over the world, countries big and small. A lot of matches that other other shows just aren't going to cover. That allows us to give you a really unique mix, we promise. Plus, we have a very special guest again this weekend. I, he's been on enough times that I'm almost ready to call him a correspondent or a consultant or something like that. It is our friend uh, Tassos, who is an expert on all things football in the nation of Cyprus. Now, match number 10, we're going to do the top two matchup from uh, the Cypriot First Division. That's going to be followed up uh, by a lengthy interview that we had with them a little bit over this game and a lot of things, just history of the country and uh, the state of football there, crazy refereeing stories, crazy player stories, just all kinds of good stuff, the sort of thing that we want to see you graduate to should you decide to want to you know, learn about football from Cyprus or find similar shows on the countries that you end up finding most intriguing. It is going to be a lot of fun, we promise. Now, our match mini previews. Those are going to be covering the soccer week of, for us, it runs Friday through Thursday, January 5th. Happy New Year. That's the Friday, all the way until Thursday the 11th. So, with no further ado, let's dive right in with... Match number one! Won't be a quiet Friday. We've got a couple of matches, and we're going to start off in paradise. Match number one from the Premier Division of Bermuda. Now, it's not ranked within the CONCACAF Association. Ours for North Central America and the Caribbeans, but just the top 14 leagues are. This isn't a bad one by any means. The winners are going to get to go to the CONCACAF Caribbean Shield Tournament. That is for the amateur teams in the Caribbean, and uh, that tournament in turn is a feeder for the CONCACAF Caribbean Cup, which feeds the CONCACAF Champions Cup, our version of the Champions League. Don't have to remember all that, obviously, but just a good to have some perspective on what the stakes are. All right, your matchup. It's a top two. Bet you could have guessed. Number B, North Village Ram versus number one, Devonshire Colts. Uh, right now, 
Colts lead by two points in the table. Uh, North Village, they lead number three, Pembroke Hamilton, by just a single point. So hardly a two-horse race. Really key matchup here. All right, we'll talk about the home team first, as is our tradition. Got a little bit for you on North Village. They play out of a parish called Pembroke, which uh, juts out from the north-central part of the main island to give you a little bit of the geography. They have won nine league titles. Five of them have been here in the 21st century, and the last one was in 2009. 1920. Last year, they finished in fourth place. This year, pretty well balanced. It remains to be seen how well it will serve them. They've got top two offense and defense. This is a pretty high-scoring league, at least at the top. They're getting over two goals per match. They've got the third-best goal differential. Team's current form slipping just a bit, 0-1-1 oh, in their last two. They were undefeated in the league before those matches, and in these two, they have only scored once. So, could they be wearing down, or is it a little bit of a fluke? Home could be just the place to get things fixed up, but here come the very tough customers. The Devonshire Colts love, love, love the black crest that they've going on as a base color with a lot of uh, uh, kind of darkish and yet bright orange, if that makes sense. It's really cool. Devonshire is just one parish geographically to the east of Pembroke. So these are neighbors. 2017, they got relegated after only earning four points on the whole season. That was a league record low, but they have bounced back quite strongly. They've won three league titles, none of them here in the 2000s. The last one was 1996-97. The only CONCACAF appearance they ever made was all the way back in 1973. Last year, they nearly got there, finished in second place. This year, they've got the number one offense by a mile. You thought uh, the Rams' uh, two-plus goals might have been impressive. This team gets nearly three-and-a-half per. Got a top three defense to go with that. The uh, offense is so good that they've got the number one overall goal differential. I think that no matter how this particular match turns out, the Colts are my favorites to win the league. Team's current form, they have won six straight matches, although it is worth noting that they haven't kept a clean match since the first sheet of this even season. rather. So far, offense reigns the day, but will it hold up? Match number B. I want to be fair. Our other Friday match could be Paradise to some, I have never been to the nation of Djibouti, where their top flight league is called the Premier League, formerly French Somaliland. They are unranked in the uh, African Football Confederation. They only rank about the top 60%. Just means that they probably don't get enough international play or uh, wins with their teams that get their champions that get sent to the Champions League to really warrant uh, being compared to any other ones. But that doesn't mean this match isn't important where it's being played. You want to get to that Champions League and you want the local bragging rights. Your matchup is number B, A-S-A-S Djibouti Telecom taking on number one AS Arta slash Solar 7. Uh, AS7, they lead Telecom by three points in the table. Uh, Telecom are tied with number three uh, AS Port and ahead on some sort of head-to-head tiebreaker. I don't think it's goal differential, though. Uh, they're almost halfway through the season there. All right. Let's talk about Djibouti Telecom first. They play out of the city of Ali Sabia, so the southwest part of this small African nation. Second biggest one, about 150,000 people. It's an hour south of the, the capital, and about 10 miles from the Ethiopian border. Give you a little picture there. It sits in a basin and is surrounded by granite mountains on all sides, which sounds really beautiful. Maybe paradise indeed. Uh, tourism is the big economic driver here because of the Eret Mountains, the name of those surrounding ones. Plus, they have a lot of uh, small factories that make building materials. 
All right, funny-wise, they have won seven league titles, the most recent one, uh, five years ago, 2017-18. Last year, they just missed, finishing in second place. This year, well-balanced, number three offense, two goals per match. Yeah, you got to score a lot to be near the top here. Uh, Third-best goal differential, not my favorites to win the league, although that's not to say they can't win here at home, against AS Arta slash Solar 7. Yeah, AS7. Uh, Arta is the name of the city out of which they play. It's only the sixth biggest one in the country, just uh, maybe like 11,000 people there or so. It's in the east-southeast country, uh, Port City, 25 miles west of the capital, situated in mountains of the same name, Arta. Uh, In colonial times, uh, due to the very uh, pleasant, mild climate, this was where French civil workers went to uh, vacation. They have won two league titles. They went back-to-back in 2020-21 and the preceding year, but they've never gotten past the preliminary or first rounds of any uh, CAF competitions, the Champions League, or their secondary one, the Confederation Cup. Last year, they finished in third place, so these two are both looking to unseat the reigning champions. They are in a good position to do it. Number one, offense and defense. Three goals per exactly, and they're giving up less than a goal per match every other time. Defense travels. They are going to be tough to beat. Teams can form four straight wins with a cartoonish 16 versus two goal differential, although it's worth noting that all those matches were at home, and uh they're 1-1-0 one, one oh on the road in their two lone road matches so far. Match number three. As we head into our Saturday bevy of matches, a quick note. New listeners, you did not mishear that. We do not say number ugh, two around here. Match number B, as my daughter Persanoob advises you, is the way to go. But now we return to your regularly scheduled numbering system. Match number three is a Saturday match. We're going to start off... In Africa, once again, not too many frequent flyer miles to be had. Kenya's Premier League, which is in the top 25 overall in the coefficients if you look at the last dozen years, but uh, they're a little bit past their halcyon days. They are no longer ranked in the CAF. Uh, That's a five-year coefficient period. Your matchup, nevertheless, number B, Posta Rangers versus number one, Gormahia. Gormahia currently lead Posta by five points. They're about halfway through the season. And this is the time of show. We're going to do it once again, where we decide we're going to try to cheat, make a little money. That means we're going to call on 3,500-year-old prognosticator Noob Stradamus for another drug-aided or perhaps drug-addled vision see what we can find it out and if we've had some trouble connecting with him in recent weeks but i feel like we've got a stronger signal through the universal infinite or however this uh works parascientifically take it away oh mighty soothsayer greetings from the thracian plains of greece tis i a kenyan soccer score you wish to find With Universal Infinite as my waiting guide to supernatural foreknowledge, I partake of this dank, the, I mean, hallowed lotus leaf. (sighs) And I once again travel through space and time. Whee! I am returned now in my mind to Africa on safari as I was some years ago. Elephants are amazing creatures. 
did I ever tell you about my amazing encounter with a giant elephant? I was on a lonely safari when suddenly the natives were surprised by a terrible rumbling from the trees and ran away. I was left alone to face this wild, destructive beast. It seemed certain I would be done in until my keen eyes noticed a large horn in the beast's front left foot. With one jerk, the thorn was removed. Immediately, the beast was quiet, and from that moment on, he was my faithful friend. He followed me wherever I went. To Paris, where he encountered the Eiffel Tower, running into it, leaving it shaking. Into London, where he bumped into the Royal Palace, shattering gates and leaving mayhem in his wake. On to America, where he stumbled into the Empire State Building, leaving it and its occupants quivering. And whenever I think I've lost him for good, I... Match number four! Oh boy, where do you even start with that? Okay, first of all, did anybody notice... That we didn't get a score? Prediction? Absolutely maddening. I'm going to quit sending him the fresca. See how he likes that. As long as he probably gets his bag of loose, uh, you know, unlabeled prescription pills, I'm sure he won't care. Anyway, the other thing I want to point out is that I don't think that that was necessarily a purely true original vision. Does anybody remember uh, Colonel McBrag from the Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons, those little sub-segments? That sound is strikingly familiar to one of those tall tales. <sighs> Nevertheless, whether we can make any money off of that or not seems unlikely. We must soldier on. Match number four. Ah, we're headed to England for a little minnow watching. Yeah, we move on from Great Big Elephant to Little Tiny Minnows. That is the name for teams from the lower divisions that are still alive in the event proper in the FA Cup of England. For newer listeners... Newer fans of the sport, let me describe. FA Tournament is a knockout tournament that takes place with teams from a variety of leagues, from the Premier League all the way down to the 10th level of fully amateur leagues. And so minnows are teams that make really big runs through the qualifying rounds and even a couple rounds or more into the quote-unquote event proper. You have one sixth-level team left here in the third qualifying round, and that is Maidstone, and they are taking on a team called Stevenage. Let's learn about our new adopted favorite minnow left, Maidstone. Uh, they are named after the town of the same name in County Kent, city of about 175,000. Uh, Kent, by the way, very neat, is known as the Garden of England, uh, probably the or one of the agricultural main areas there in the UK. It's close enough for London for commuters, though, too, so you get some of that feel. It's about 35 miles. Uh, probably takes a full hour by car from what I read. They are known as the Stones and are considered semi-professional. They play again in the sixth tier. That league is called the National League South. They were relegated from the Tier 5 just National League last year, finishing in last place out of 24. That was the highest they'd ever been since returning from bankruptcy in the 1990s. Uh, they've been back and forth between those uh, leagues the last few years. 
One of the things they're more recently famous for is they have been leading a huge push to make something called 3G or third generation artificial turf allowable all across English football. In the top leagues, you see uh, nothing but natural grass. Now, it's not yet the case for the full English football league, your top five levels, but uh, you are now allowed to have 3G and host on that in any FA Cup matches for the moment. The place they play is called Gallagher Stadium. It seats only just under 800 people, but they've got a total capacity of about 4,200. Biggest trophy they've ever won was the 2021-22 National League South. They have been this far, but never been past the third round proper before. No, and I take that back. They have not been this far. 2014-15, they beat this very same team they're playing today, Stevenage, to advance to the second round. That is the farthest they had ever been before. They entered this year's event in the second qualifying round, which uh, basically means I think they've had to win uh, five matches to get to this point. And to get to this point this year, they advanced over a League 2, that's a fourth-tier team, Barrow, 2-1 to one last round. Currently in their league play, a little, little bit uh, larger sample size, giving an idea of who they are. They're in fourth place in the National League South. They're not much for offense. They're only getting a goal and a half per game, which isn't bad, but in that league, you got to score a whole lot. But they are tied uh, for fourth in defense, giving up less than one and a quarter goals per match. Uh, they're tied for ninth overall in goal differential as well, which is really telling. They're not having a superb year there. Maybe they're saving all their energy for this big FA Cup run. Key player to look for out of them, tied for second best in league scoring with 13 is Levi Amanchi. And we do have a USA connection. Can't tell you much about him, but they do have a midfielder who's eligible to represent for the U.S. named Connor Kelly. All right, and now just a tiny bit about Stevenage. They're not the main reason we're on this match, but they are known as the Borough, as they used to go by the full name Stevenage Borough. They've got some sort of antlered animal on the crest, though. They were founded in 1976, and they play out of the third-tier League Ones. They are very much your favorites. In 2007 and in 2009, they won something called the FA Trophy, which is one that is specifically just for semi-professional league clubs. They've climbed up a little bit higher since then, as League One, I assure you, is all professional teams. Biggest trophies they've ever won other than that are two for winning the National League. More recent of those was in 2009-2010. Last year, they were in second place in League Two and got promoted. They are going to be very tough. This is a very, very big gap that you're talking about professional versus semi-professional players, but it sure will be fun to check out. Match number five. We're headed back to Africa for a big matchup from yet another unranked league. Uh, kind of a theme for this show. It's fairly early in the season in the Gambia. Top flight is simply called the GFA League. And your matchup is number one, Real de Banjul versus number B, Maramu. And Maramu trail Real Banjul by three points right now. They also lead the number three team, Team Rhino, by one point in the table. I will tell you, you can't find this on uh, necessarily all of the biggest uh, you know, sporting websites out there and whatnot in terms of gambling, but if you're able to find it on a place like Bet365, uh, I would take Real de Banjul by 110. You could go the other way. You're going to get three, huh, plus 300 from Maramu, but you'll find out, I think, here from some of the details why I like the home team. They are known as the City Boys, playing out of the capital city of Banjul. Last year, they won the league oh, so close by just five on goal differential. They've won 13 total titles, although the GFA, their football association, 
hasn't been entering them into the, or anybody else into the Champions League for some reason. Uh, at least not lately. The best CAF appearance they ever made was in 1995, and they got to the second qualifying round of the Champions League way back then. Uh, this year, their success, again, it's another theme. They're very well balanced. Number three on offense, uh, second best on defense. They've only given up something like three goals in seven matches. Uh, they've got the number one goal differential going by almost a factor of two, and that is the really big one why I would take the smaller payout. Take the home team, take your plus 110, and enjoy. Uh, their 0-1 lost two matches ago to uh, another Capital City rival, Wa Banjul, uh, is their only loss of the year. But undeterred Maramu coming to town. Uh, that's an interesting one. I think it means the first day Mary in Swahili. I'm not sure how that plays out with the club name here. They play out of the city of Baku, which is a town actually immediately to the west of Banjul Parper, and it is the biggest suburb known for Cape Point with very famous peach, uh, beach rather. They're known for their botanical garden gardens and a holy crocodile pond. Yeah, legend says that the town was actually established around that. I can only assume that the crocodile has uh, you know some prominent place in folklore and native religion in the area. Tourism, because of all this, is the biggest part of Baco's economy. Uh, the club was founded just in 2015, very young. Last year, they finished in sixth place, and yet we're only eight points off first place. They, too, have been balanced, just a little bit uh, lesser uh, than Real de Banjul in every single category, offense, defense, goal differential. Team's current form, an 0-1 loss to Team Rhino, a very formidable opponent, as we discovered earlier, snapped a five-match winning streak. So while I say, go ahead and bet on Real, I wouldn't necessarily butt the house on it. Back. Back dangerous felines. Sit. Good kitties. All right. Now, your reward. A recap of last week's match is just what you wanted. Saturday, match number one from the Nepal Super League playoff final between number B, Dung Gadi, and number four, Lalitpur. It was Lalitpur getting the win 2-3 and sort of a quasi-home game for them. Match number B, Tunisia League One. Number one, Etoile du Sahel versus number B, Stade Tunisien. They played to a 0-0 draw. No change to the table there. Match number three was from Tunisia's League One as well. In the other grouping, Group B versus Group A, U.S. Monastir versus number one Esperance, and it was Esperance, the favorites, getting the win one to two. Damas said it would be nil, nil. So close. Yeah, no change in the table there at the very least. Match number four, Italy's Serie A, number B, Juventus, number six, Roma. Juventus got the home win one nil. Guy we said to look for, Adrian, uh, Adrian uh, Rabiot, he had a goal. Roma, they're down to number seven. They're flirting with not making any of the UEFA tournaments for next year. I had said, by the way, to bet Juve plus 100 on this one. Congratulations if you took the advice. Match number five, Northern Ireland Premiership, number B, Larna versus number one, Linfield. They played to a 1-1 draw. No change at the tabletop in Northern Ireland. Number six, uh, that was from the Mauritanian Premier League. Number one, AS Duanes versus number B, uh, Nuadhibu. This match is now listed for 
April. Okay. Match number seven from the Scottish Premiership, the Old Firm Derby. Number one, Celtic versus number B, Rangers. Celtic, they got the win two to one, drawing ever closer to even in the all-time series of like 500 and some games. For Celtic, uh, they had their star, Matthew O'Reilly, getting an assist for Rangers. A uh, goal from, I believe, the league MVP, James Tavernier. Sunday, match number eight from Cameroon's Elite One. Number three in their group, the Young Sport Academy, took on number B, Coton Sport. Coton Sport, uh, historic power here, or at least a recent one, 2-0 uh, win. Match number nine from the Premier League in Wales, number B, Connors Quay versus number one, TNS Nomads. The new Saints now lead by double digits in that league after a whopping good performance. Nil four for TNS. No change in the ordinal rank at the table. Wednesday, match number 10 from La Liga, number B, uh, Girona versus number three, Atletico Madrid. What a match this one was to watch. Girona got the game winner in the 91st minute. Yeah, injury time, four to three. Uh, for them, a couple of their stars came out to play. Savio had a goal, and Artem uh, Dobvek had an assist for Atletico Madrid. Their superstar, Antoine Griezmann, had an assist. No change in the table here. And now your bonus matches with explanations to come later. Your route of the week was a Tuesday match from the Jamaican Premier League. Last place, number 14, Lime Hall Academy versus number one, Mount Pleasant Academy. Mount Pleasant do what favorites do in the route of the week in one, one to four. Your most meaningless match in the world from the Premier League in Kuwait was on Thursday. Number six, Cosma versus number five, Salmia. Appropriately, they played to a nil-nil draw and no change in the table there. Just as meaningless as they once were. And now your match of disappointed Saturday, once again from the Scottish Premiership, number 11, uh, Motherwell versus number 12, last place, Livingston Motherwell. They got the 3-1 victory and moved them all the way up to ninth, a couple spots above the relegation line. Congratulations, credit where it's due. Uh, for uh, Livingston, their MDP, most disappointed in player, Bruce Anderson, while well, he's getting closer to having some value, he had two shots on goal and one of them even hit the woodwork, so I guess congratulations on that. And that concludes your recap of last week's matches. Now let's dive back into the upcoming week's matches with match number six. Back to Europe we go once again for number six, bouncing around this time to the island country of Malta for their Premier League matchup between the top two teams. This is just the 45th ranked team in all of UEFA or Europe out of the 55. And nevertheless, their champion gets to go to the Champions League. So that's a great reason to cover it. Plus, their next two teams do also get to go to international play. They'll go to something called the Europa Conference League. That is a tertiary tournament over there for club teams in Europe. Your matchup, number B, currently Hamrun Spartans versus number one, Floriana. Or at least that's the way it looked when I scouted it. There may have been a change between scouting and here in recording time. I'm going with what I've got when Floriana was leading Hamburg by three points. They're almost halfway through the season. I'll let you use your Google machine powers to find out more, though, because this is the time of show where I turn things over to my daughter, still giving her a little help, guiding her through this amazing segment of hers. Aminos, Aminos, Aminos from around the world. Oh, yeah. What did you say the second one? Aminals. Oh, you just said it so weird that I thought maybe you said something else. Oh. You're a strange child, but that's okay. I've been making you do this since you were eight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we're in Malta. And what is the animal we're going to discuss that inhabits that region amongst other areas? The Mediterranean chameleon. Yeah. So where do we where do we find it? Is it more than just Malta? Uh, yeah. It is com- 
common to the Mediterranean basin and parts surrounding the Red Sea. Oh, so quite a bit of an area. Okay. And uh, are they are they naturally from there? Nope, they're not endemic to Malta. They're, How'd they get there? They were brought over by um, Jesuit priests uh, in the 1800s to a town called St. Julian's. So that's really weird. So they're a Catholic lizard. Yes. Or at least in this area. And we have a special appearance from a different Aminol, in case anybody's hearing that Hi. shaking because it's rocking the microphone. Aminol. Somebody, oh uh, he's a singular Aminol, yes. The oh. cat has joined us. He is not in danger. Yes, there are many is. cats. No. No, there's only one dog cat. <laughs> That's true. He is very dog-like, and yet... He's a dog. And yet, I think they're... He's a dog. All right, fine. He's in danger. All right. So, uh, what do they look like? How big are they? Um, they're about one foot long, but the females are larger than the males. Ooh, that's actually not too terribly uncommon in the uh, Aminal Kingdom. I wonder. I wonder if they need to have more uh, uh, constitution than the larger ones, since they're you know carrying the carrying the kids and whatnot. Yeah. So, uh, where do they live? I mean, I know they live in Malta, but like where more specifically? Oh, they live in trees, but they come down to the ground for mating season. And they lay eggs in the soil. Mm, interesting. All right. Now, I've uh, there's something that I'm aware of that I hadn't been aware of previously doing my own research here. Uh, we're here to debunk a myth about chameleons. All right. Are you ready? Yeah, no. Yay. Too bad. I just said I already knew that I read it too. So. Too bad. Their color changing is not a direct attempt to camouflage itself. Oh, wow. Well, what is it? What's the deal with it? Um, instead, it's a response to uh, the changes in light and temperature, expression of emotion, and expression of emotions. Interesting. Although I would think that one of those things is fear, and then maybe in that fear it would be taking on the colors of its surrounding areas, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What else is it useful for? Mating season. Oh, yeah. Trying to probably catch attention. A lot of animals will do it uh, just like a peacock spreads out its feathers. Usually to attract other birds. That's what this thing must be doing. wonder what color it turns. Uh, what color would a dude, not that you're allowed to date till you're 35, but what color would impress you if a dude can turn into that color? Um, if a dude could turn into a, any color, that would be impressive. Gotcha. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, it would impress me too. I think we can leave it at that. All right, what else can you tell me about him? All right. They are solitary. Okay, they don't run in packs. Nope, only pertaining to ones of the opposite gender and only during mating season. Okay, let's see. What else can you tell me that's gender related? <laughs> the biggest females uh, attracted. Bleh, the biggest females are attracted most to males who will fight. So if you get a big gal, you get a you get a gal who's an arm load of sexy. She wants like MMA fighters oh. to totally like go at it and to to win her proverbial hand. Oh. Does that sound right? Um, sure. Is that or is that a weird analogy? That's weird. Is it right and it's a weird analogy? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do they eat? Um, they eat insects, but adults will sometimes eat smaller chameleons. Oh, gross! They're cannibals. I'm not eating any cannibalistic animals. You don't have to worry about me <laughs> eating this one. I don't know why that weirds me out. Don't eat it. No, and it's not even the eggs. Why does that? Why does that weird you out more than anything else that we talk about here? I don't have an explanation. It's just how I feel. Am I changing color? Yes. With my emotion? Yes. Really? What color am I looking? Purple. I am not looking purple. All right. What kind purple. of threats do these things deal with? Uh, habitat loss, um, intense, uh, 
Intense agriculture practices and predation by domestic animals. Mm, anything else? Illegal capture for pet trade and roadkill. Yeah, the little buggers are probably all over the place. If they're anything like the chameleons we've seen in Florida. I've not seen a chameleon. Remember Mimi and Grando's place? You know, the comedians that would run all over the... Or maybe they weren't chameleons, but the little lizards yeah, that would yeah. run all over the... The uh, screens. Yeah, the screens and stuff. Yeah, yeah they're lizards, not chameleons. Well, a chameleon is a kind of lizard. Eh. And we were in disagreement about different things we found. My source doesn't indicate that in any one particular area, or in general, I should say that these are endangered, but you found it on an endangered list. So uh, I didn't find anything about any specific preservation things going on with this animal, did you? Nope. Nope. All right. You got anything else about chameleons? Nope. Karma chameleon? Nope. They come and go? They come and go? Nope. You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Nope. Karma, 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 chameleon. I've heard that, but I... You come and go. Yeah, Boy George is a great song. So so we start with aminals. Should, instead, of, uh, instead of going out with the aminal song, you want to try singing it with me? Yeah. Karma, 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 chameleon, harmonica. Match number seven. Flip your single day calendar page ahead to Sunday. We are off to Lesotho, another one of the small countries in Africa. Their top flight is called the Premier League. They're almost halfway through the season, and it's another top two key matchup. Number B, Matlama versus number one, Leoli. Leoli are undefeated, and yet they only lead Matlama by one point. Matlama in turn lead number three, Bantu, by four points. And worth mentioning, number four, LMPS, a ton of draws, eight of the 13 matches, yet they are undefeated and not to be discounted. This could be one heck of a race. Matlama, they would like to uh, get into the driver's seat here at home, given that that's the case. They are known as uh, Tsi Putsoa, the Blues, and the club name is uh, Malama, which means strength, both in the Southern Sotho language. They're one of several capital city teams. Matsuru is the place. There isn't a team in this very large league, a lot of clubs for such a small country, something like 18, uh, that don't have probably at least two or three players that have come through this team's academy. They've got the biggest one in the nation by far. Uh, they've also got a huge trophy case, 11 league titles. That is the most in the nation, and their most recent one was 2022. However, as far as the Champions League goes, because the winners do get to go, even from the small countries, they have never been past the preliminary round of the Champions League. Three appearances, 2020 was the last one. Last year, they were just in sixth place. This year, they're third best on offense and defense, goal differential. I don't like them to uh, win the uh, event, even if they get a win today. Uh, their goals come at a premium, by the way, in this league. That number three defense, how are you not number one when you're barely giving up more than a goal every other match? That's impressive as a whole for the league. Teams current form 1-1-1 in their last three. And now Leoli in southern Sotho. That means oils. Not sure if it relates to the oil industry, possibly, or something else entirely. But I can tell you, uh, say Nala means which are abundant. Uh, my best guess is maybe that would be the equivalent to the noun and adjective that is legion. Looking at you, Birmingham and the USL Championship. All right. The name of the town out of which they play is Teate Yaneng. Uh, it's named for two twin rivers that uh, which run on the north side of town, uh, Tebe Tebe and uh, Teja Tejana River. 
Town has about 75,000 people. It is the camp town or essentially district capital of the Berea district and is in the northwest part of the country. It is also considered to be the entertainment capital of the country. A lot of athletics and a lot of art and stuff like that. Footy-wise, five league titles. Most recent one was 2016. Last year, they were more middle of the pack, finishing in eighth. This year, they are second best all the way around. And on defense, that means they've only given up four goals in 13 matches. Goodness. Teams current form. Well, they opened the season with a draw, then won a slew of games. And now they've only managed draws in their last two. Hence the reason we have such a tight race. Match number eight. You must be absolutely tuckered out after all that tracking over the weekend. Tell you what, we get Monday and Tuesday off from following our main match countdown games, but we're back at it Wednesday and headed over to Europe once again, this time on the women's side of things. The French Division One Feminine is the number one ranked league in all of Europe. They get their champion into the Champions League group stage. They're runners up, and the team after that will have to start any different qualifying rounds. Also this year, domestically, the top four, they're going to have a final phase to their domestic season. They're about halfway through the first phase of the season now, and your matchup is number one Lyon versus, admittedly, somewhat distant second, number B, Paris FC. Lyon, they lead Paris by eight points in the table and have a perfect record um, after 11 matches. And in this series, they have been perfect and well as well, uh, sporting a 12-0-0 gaudy record against uh, Paris FC. Uh, Lyon, one of their nicknames I just recently discovered is uh, Fennel, which is a word for women, but I have a feeling that it's a little bit more than that. I wasn't sure upon a, you know, a quick glance, but it's an interesting French term with which I wasn't familiar. They have won 16 league titles the most in the nation's history and are your two-time defending champions. They've also won the Champions League in astounding eight different times. The last time was 2021-22. This year, they've got the best offense in the league going by almost 50%. Four and a third goals per match. I had to make sure there wasn't a typo when I was looking at the notes beforehand. Number one offense as well, giving up less than one every other match. That leads to them having a number one goal differential by a factor of two. At this point, they're basically trying to stay healthy as all. Uh, number one league score is theirs to boast of. She's got eight. That is Ada Stolzmo Hegerberg. She's out of Norway, is striker, and has been with this club for nine years. Also, number one in assisting by quite a bit as well. Uh, they're big star from last year, in my opinion. She's got eight of those assists, by the way. And that is uh, Kadidatu Diani, a homegrown forward who had spent the previous six seasons with rivals PSG. Also on the defensive side of things, our first defender getting mentioned this show, I believe, uh, second best in the league in clean sheets with five is Christine Endler. She is from uh, Chile, and yet we have a USA connection here. She did two or three years at South Florida. She's also made 100 national team appearances and change with her home national team. We also have another USA connection, this one a little more concrete, if you will. Lindsay Horan of uh, USWMT fame and acclaim. She plays forward for them as well. She's been on loan there, I believe, before and is now over there on permanent contract from Portland. And now Paris FC, they've got a really cool crest, kind of a stylized uh, outline picture of the Eiffel Tower on a black background. And the, the tower itself is uh, an interesting cobalt blue and white, very fresh. Uh, Timus existed over a couple different names. In 2017, they were purchased by uh, the League Two Club, Paris FC, and rebranded to share the same name.
They have won six league titles. This was back just before Lyon became the real power in France and Europe, and that was 2005-2006. As far as the Champions League goes, they've never won it, but in 2012-13, they made the semifinals. Uh, Currently, they're in third place in a very tight Champions League group with just two matches to play. Last year, they finished in third place in the league, hence the reason that they are in the tournament, had to enter at the first qualifying round. They've got the second best defense go, or offense going with three goals, and yet a distant second and best. And uh, just fourth place on defense, and that is really, I don't want to call it their bugaboo or weakness. They're in second place in the league, but they would have to shore that quite, uh, up quite a bit to really start competing longer term with Leon. Key players to look for, tied for second best in league scoring with seven, is uh, Gaetan Tine. She is an attacking midfielder for them who has played for New York, New Jersey, Gotham FC before on our side of the Atlantic. Tied for second best in assists with five is homegrown player Clara Mateo. And then defensively, number three in clean sheets in the league with four is uh, Chiamaka Ennadozi from Nigeria, just 23 years old. She is regarded as the best goalkeeper in or from from Africa currently in play. Team's current form, well, they lost to PSG in their last league match. Uh, By the way, worth noting, PSG have two matches in hand on these clubs and are actually getting uh, more points per game than Paris FC. I would expect them to take over second place. Uh, That loss, by the way, was sandwiched between two impressive Champions League wins, though, for Paris FC. Match number nine. All right, we're not staying in Europe for match number nine, but we are staying within UEFA. Yes, the nation of Israel, their Premier League teams all play in UEFA competitions for obvious political reasons. The Premier League there is the 16th ranked league in all of UEFA right now. Their uh, champion goes to the first qualifying round of the Champions League, but their two teams that play in the Europa Conference League do get to skip the first of the qualifying rounds. They're just a little bit over halfway through the season. They're a touch ahead of the teams over in Western Europe. All right, your matchup. Number one, uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv versus number B, Maccabi Haifa. Maccabi, I'm not sure that we really have an equivalent to this over here in the States. These are sporting clubs or associations that have, uh, franchises is the wrong word, but they definitely have presences in cities all over the country. Anyway, uh, currently Tel Aviv, they lead Haifa by eight points and are undefeated. As far as the series in recent years between them, uh, Tel Aviv have easily had the best of it, winning 28 out of nearly double that number, and there have been 14 ties in there. This is actually their first meeting of the season. They'll play again, I believe, much later in the season, so that gives us a great chance to take a timeout and tend to my rumbly-tumbly. I'm getting hungry from all this tracking. So... That means it's time for a culture break, and as is almost always the case, culture break means food. We're going to look at is an Israeli favorite, although it's not originally from Israel. It's called uh, Jacques Nu. Now, it is a uh, Jewish dish originally, but it comes from the city of uh, Aden over in Yemen and has now kind of been adopted uh, from one place to another. Of course, as a lot of uh, Yemeni Jews had to go uh, years and years ago over to Israel and beyond. This particular pastry is served in the mornings. It's got a lovely dark reddish brown color. It is served on Shabbat or Saturday mornings, and that is because uh, you know traditional Jews can are not allowed to turn on or off cooking implements during this day. So they set this to cook in a very uh, special sort of hot plate at an incredibly low temperature because there's going to be sleeping people sleeping while this is on. I don't think U.S. fire marshals would care for this one that much. 
how to make it. We won't go into a full recipe, but I'll give you the basics. Uh, this dough that you will use is rolled out and then brushed with something they call semna, which is fenugreek, gives it a little bit of a sweet flavor in clarified butter. And then uh, that's aged in a smoked vessel using a very specific wood. I think it's called a steth or steth in Arabic. I don't remember the Hebrew, but essentially it is the broadleaf hop bush. Uh, sometimes you also add a little honey into this mix before the dough is rolled as well. And then it is baked and steamed in a lidded pot. Uh, the moisture gets trapped in there so it doesn't get drying or burnt out over this like, you know, 18 to 24 hour period uh, in which it's going to uh, cook because you actually traditionally started on Friday mornings, not even Friday nights. Now, once you've got it made, you're traditionally going to serve this with hard-boiled eggs and something called a resic, which is a fine, thin tomato salsa. Never cooked raw tomatoes. You can also serve this with a side of something called a jug, which is hot sauce. And if you order it in a restaurant, be sure to tell them how you, hot you want it or don't, because there is a wide spectrum out there. Or you can also make it with olive oil and nearly always with a very coarsely uh, large-grained kosher salt. So... Whether you're able to go out and look for this in a restaurant or if you're able to make this on your own, good luck and enjoy. Bring forth the bonus matches. March them into the sound of the gong. Yes, your bonus matches. And if you're wondering, no, I know we haven't gotten to match number 10. We're saving that to the end because of our special guest and the interview that we are going to have with him. So let's get the bonusers in here. Your first one is a first versus last place roadkill matchup that we dramatically call the... Route, 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 route of, 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 of the week, 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 week. And it is a Sunday match from the Super League, L-I-G as it's romanized, from Turkey, which is now a top 10 league once again for the first time, I think, in a few years. They're ranked number nine, and so they will get to send two teams to the Champions League, just a couple of qualifying rounds shy of the group stage. Uh, one to the Europa League and one to the Europa Conference League, second qualifying rounds for those last two. On the other end of things, equally relevant here for the ROTW, four of them will get relegated out of the 20. They're almost halfway through the season. Your matchup is Lodi Istanbul Spore versus number one, Mighty Fenerbahce. Fenerbahce lead uh, Galatasaray only on goal differential, so they're not going to be falling asleep on anything, unfortunately, for Istanbul Spore. Uh, that team, they trailed number 19, the unfortunately named Pendik Spore. I wish I was making that up, by 10 points, and number 16, Konya Spore, by 13 points. That team is setting in the uh, the high, the lowest spot, rather, that is not officially in the relegation zone. Series between these two, uh, Fenerbahce have yet to draw a uh, drop a point from them. They are 7-2-0 against this team. We'll talk about Fener uh, Fenerbahce first. We'll break our usual thing and go with the visitors. Fenerbahce, they play out of uh, Kodike, out of Istanbul. That is a district there. It's on the Asian side of the Bosphorus straight. Give you a little perspective continentally. They are tied for number 58 in all of Europe, uh, right there with Lille out of the French League One. They are known as the Yellow Canaries. Not the most intimidating nickname, but I still like it. And by the way, the club name means Lighthouse in the Garden. There's a very famous lighthouse on, uh, on the Cape here because they're right on the coast. 
They have won 28 Division I titles. I know that that is the most in league history, uh, in the nation's history, rather. I believe the 19 Super League titles has also got to be a record. Uh, But the last one they won was 2013-14. It's been almost a decade. 2007-8, they made the Champions League quarterfinal, best they've done there. In the secondary one, the Europa League, 2012-13, they made the Europa League semifinal. They're about to play in the Europa Conference League round of 16, uh, Opponent is still to be determined, but good luck to them anyway. Last year, they finished as runners-up, hence the reason that they are in the ECL. This year, they're really getting it done on offense, getting almost two and three-quarters goals per match. They have the number one goal differential. Key player to look for for them, the number one league scorer is theirs, and that is Aiden DeJeco. He is from Bosnia-Herzegovina. Striker, veteran, 37 years old, who has spent the longest in his crew with Roma, also done time with Inter Milan and Manchester City. Also, over 130 national team appearances. A lot of experience. They decided to go that way because their other star on offense, tied for second best in assists with six, is Dusan Tadic. He's a Serbian left winger, 35 years old, who just came over from Ajax, a team normally known for its uh, uh, big up-and-coming names. They're kind of an unofficial youth academy for the entire continent. He's also spent some time with Southampton over their Premier League. But I think their team MVP might be Sebastian Szymanski from Poland. Listen as an attacking midfielder, but this is a guy who gets a lot of tackles and has a 73% success rate. That's massive. Plus eight goals, five assists. Not sure how much longer he's going to be here. Manchester United are very interested, and from the things I'm reading, he's going to be uh, he's going to be gone for a price of between 30 and 35 million euros. Going to guess that he'll make that move next year. Team's current form, a nil-nil draw versus Galatasaray, snapped a four-get match winning streak across all competitions. And now your hosts, let's try to find a reason that we can think that maybe they could get a point or even pull an upset. All right. Uh, first of all, they play out of the Essenyurt district. That is on the European side of the Bosphorus, and they are known as the Bulls. Uh, they've been in uh, as low a league as the fourth division here just within the last decade. Good on them for climbing back up. They've only ever won one Division One title long before this league was called the Super League. That was 1932. Last year, they finished in 12th place. Would have been a little bit more likely to find them maybe in the meaningless match we just did. They've got the worst offense going by four, only averaging uh, uh, two goals every three matches total on average. Uh, Defense isn't much better. They've got the worst goal differential. Uh, Key players to look for. They've got the guy who's number one in clearances per 90 minutes, and he's a lot better than anybody else. Unfortunately, I have a feeling that has to do with just the sheer volume of terror that other teams are ramming down their collective throats. That is uh, Mehmet Yesel. He plays center back for them. Their goalkeeper's really been uh, the issue. He's got the... He's the second worst in goals per 90. I don't know how he's not the worst, quite frankly. Uh, Goals conceded, that is, David Jensen from Denmark. Although he's not with them now. Just days ago, he signed with a club back home in the top flight called Lingby. Good for him on his escape. Uh, He played with New York Red Bulls for just a little bit. New Yorkers might remember him. He made 11 appearances, 2020 and 21, split between those two seasons. But their MVP, in my opinion, has been uh, uh, Muammar Sarakaya, their defensive midfielder, a couple goals and an assist, and he's really excellent on recoveries. Could you be the most meaningless match in the world? Yes, you could. You're so boring. (laughs) 
And from football-wise, a nation that some might consider meaningless, but we do that tongue-in-cheek. We want to celebrate football everywhere and with teams that are in all parts of the table, including the middle. Your most meaningless match is a Tuesday match from the Football League of Gibraltar, which is ranked second to last in all of UEFA, number 54. Only uh, microstate San Marino are below them. Nevertheless, they still get to send their champions to the Champions League, first qualifying round, as you would guess, and then two teams will be going to the Europa Conference League. There's no relegation out of this league, and if there was, these two teams wouldn't have to worry about it, or really those, uh, those European bursts either for that matter, because these two are trapped smack dab in the middle of their table. They're about halfway through the double round round, uh, round robin, let's call it regular season, before they divide into a championship round and what they call a challenge round, since there's no relegation. Your matchup is number eight, Mons Kalpe versus number seven, Lynx. They are tied on points. I'm not sure what the tiebreaker is. It's not goal differential, it appears, but Lynx lead on some sort of head-to-head. Uh, well, probably on head-to-head. They won earlier this season 3-0, although it's worth noting, Mons Kalpe have a match in hand. Let's talk about them first. They are known as the Calpeans or Calpeans. I'm not sure about the pronunciation, but that was the Roman name for this area, and it simply means high mountain from Latin. And we have an American connection here there is a uh, the majority shares of this club are held by a u.s group they also have by the way a mexican fourth tier team as a farm team down in the league T- liga tdp i believe it's called club was founded in 2013 best they've ever done is fourth place here in the top flight that was 2018-19 2021-22 they even got to play in the europa conference league Last year, they were pretty meaningless as well, finishing 7th place. This year, a little below average on the offense, a little bit better on the defense. Uh, They uh, give up almost 1.5 goals per match. We've got two other USA uh, connections here, by the way. I don't know much about either of them. These are not guys who have made appearances, I don't believe, for the USMNT, but uh, Tyler Francis at Ford and Grayson Basso at midfielder. So, if you need a team to root for, USA, this could be your one. Team's current form, 2-1-0 in their last three with a 4-1 goal difference. And now Lynx, they are simply known as the Yellows, club that was founded in 2007. Twice they have risen as high as number three in the league, last time 2013-14. Last year they were a bit better than average, finishing in fourth place. This year uh, they're really going to have to shore things up on defense. They're almost giving up two goals per match. Now that's only about average in the league, but if you want to climb, it's got to be a lot better. The competition gets tougher. Uh, They've got the seventh best overall goal differential. Key player for them, number one league scorer with nine is Connor Flynn Gillespie. Team's current record, they're kind of on the schneid. 0-2-1 right now with just a two-versus-eight goal differential. And now for appropriately matched number 13. These two teams, we slap the dunce caps on them. They're in last place and second to last in their league. This is the match of... And the last part of of what I said was at least true when I first scouted. One of them has moved up a match or a spot in the table somehow. We are headed off to the Caribbean once more, to the French territorial island of Guadeloupe. Their top flight is called the Division of Honor in English. The winner will get to go to the uh, Caribbean Shield that we mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast. Three of the 15 teams, far more relevantly, are going to get relegated. These two will probably be two of them. They're almost halfway through their season there. Your matchup is number 15. 
2015 Surfa, which looks more like an acronym. Yeah, it is. C-E-R-F-A. And they are playing host to now number 13. Ooh, look who's coming up in the world. Nah, not impressed. Uh, Solidarité Scolaire. Uh, currently Scolaire, they lead Surfa by six points in the table. And trail number 12, USBM, uh, on some kind of tiebreaker. Uh, Surfa have two matches in hands, though, against several of the lower half clubs. So all hope is not lost. Just most of it. All right, Surfa. They're known as uh, uh, Le Abime, I believe, A-B-Y-M-E-S. It is the uh, biggest commune in the country, and it's on the uh, so the west part of the island of Grand Terre, about 55,000 people there. It's part of the greater uh, metro area of the uh, Pointe a Pitre metro, which I believe is the capital. Much of the economy there centers around the airport that they have. Oh, by the way, oh, yes, there it is. I did find it, the acronym. Let's try my, uh, my French or lack thereof. Uh, Centre Elite des Régions uh, Françaises d'Amérique FC. I believe it's kind of a youth academy of some kind. I'm used to seeing this team pretty far down, so I have a feeling this might be like the, the, the youth all-star kids or something. Kind of like they have a in Hong Kong, they have an under-23 all-star team that actually competes in not very well in the top flight over there. All right. Last year, this team finished in sixth place in their group of nine, the 18 teams. They didn't do that this year, but last year they were broken up that way. This team has the worst defense going in the league, giving up almost three goals per match. Their offense, they're getting a little bit over a goal per match. That's okay, but not nearly enough to buoy them up. They've got the worst goal differential in the league. Team's current form 0-1-2 in their last three with a 2-6 and goal differential. All right, and now Solidarité Scolaire. And I'll get to be disappointed in with my uh, more French pronunciation. They play in Bay, B A I E, uh, Maholt, M A H. A-U-L-T. I think it means Mangrove Bay from what I was reading. This is the second biggest commune there. It lies just to the west of uh, Le Abime on the other big island, uh, Basseterre, that just have a very tiny little narrow strait that's very ferryable, if that's a word, in between the two. Uh, it's, the, it's the hub of the nation's economy and largely because of an industrial zone called uh, Jarry, J-A-R-R-Y. I don't know if that's the name of a township or just this zone for some reason. Uh, here's your most disappointing fact. Uh, the, the tourist site that you'll want to skip out on most. They have a leper's house you can go see, a former one. Yeah, I should throw that in. That was run there until 1954. Anyway, they've won six league titles. So they've fallen a long way, and especially given the last one was 2001-22. That was their first one in nearly two decades. Uh, and then they went on and finished third place in the uh, CONCACAF Caribbean Shield. So wonder if they uh, just had to sell off some players or what the deal was last year they won their group and then ended up finishing in third place in the championship round so at least on paper there wasn't much sign of uh, just a, a, a fall like this coming uh, the problem has really been on offense they're not even getting a goal per match the, uh, the defense is flirting with average but in this league that's still two and a quarter goals per match they're likely going to be one of the three teams that goes down team's current form uh two of their three wins credit where it's due have been in their last two matches and even though we're not quite at the end of the show rather than wish them good luck or good fortune we will instead shoo them away in our harsh traditional fashion it was bad it was awful it was terrible. Get them away. Hey, boo. Boo. And match number 10, we're done. Finally!
There she is, and at least comparatively to usual, one cannot blame Person Noob for being a little bit impatient. We've had to wait longer for number 10, but I promise it'll be worth the wait. Before we get to our special guest, uh, let's just do a very mini, mini preview for this. That will free Tassos and I to talk about whatever we want from the Cypriot First Division. The Saturday match we'll be discussing closely along with so much more. So, the Saturday match, uh, by the way, that First Division, their top flight is the number 22 ranked league in all of UEFA. Only their champion gets to go to the Champions League currently, but they get to start in the second qualifying round. A couple of teams to the Europa Conference League as well. They're almost two-thirds of the way through the regular season, but then they will split into groups of six and eight. Championship and relegation rounds, and then they'll play a little bit more. Your matchup, number one, Apoel versus number B, Anorthosis. Uh, Apoel, they lead Anorthosis by two points at the time that I scouted this. Number three, Paphos, and number four, Omania are two more points back. So we got quite a race shaping up down there. Apoel, as they probably have against every team, have a uh, recent historic advantage over the other team in terms of record accrued 22, 13, and 16. So not massive, but discernible. When they played earlier this season at Anorthosis, uh, they only managed a 1-1 draw was all. All right, now Apoel getting to play home. Uh, they are out of the capital of uh, Nicosia. This is a uh, Greek-centric club, if you will, right-wing. They're not officially affiliated with any par party, but it's a little bit more right-wing. They've won 28 league titles, although surprisingly, it's been a little bit. 2018-19 was the last one. 2011-12 season, they reached the Champions League quarterfinal, best they've ever done, and they were the first team from Cyprus to do so. Uh, they've made uh, the group stage other times. Last year just missed out on the title finishing in second place this year offense good defense looking like it's going to be league winning number one defense uh, they're giving up less than two-thirds of a goal per match on average and have the number one overall goal differential they are no slouches on offense largely thanks to Marquinhos the singularly named Brazilian star right winger for them he is tied for fifth best in scoring right now with seven uh, he spent his longest career stint uh, somewhere else with Sport Recife back home in Brazil if memory Sirs. And then tied for number one in clean sheets with a half dozen of those, Vid uh, Belich from Slovenia, veteran, 33 years old. He's played for uh, some lower uh, rung Serie A clubs in his younger years, and he's also nearly made 20 national team appearances back in his heyday for his home country. Team's current form, a 2-2 draw at Apollon Limassol, snapped a four-match win streak. They had only conceded one goal over the four wins, by the way. And now Anorthosis, they are known as the Old Lady and the Phoenix. Uh, they are a, uh, a Greek-centric team as well, blue and white colors. Uh, the fuller name is uh, Anorthosis Famagusta, uh, but they had to relocate when uh, you know some years, some decades ago, uh, to Larnaca when uh, Turkey was uh, when Turkey invaded. So I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the the country, quote unquote, that most of the world does not recognize as an official one, even though they've been occupying the northern O third or so of the country for, I don't know, what, 40, 50 years, something like that. So they still carry Famagusta in their name, and they've got fans all over the place because everybody would love to see them return someday. They have 13 league titles to their credit, last one 15 years ago. 2008-2009, they made the Champions League following that last title. That was the best they've ever done. Uh, usually their speed is to get into the Europa League. Last year, they finished in just seventh place. This year, pretty well balanced, a little lacking on offense for a title contender. One and three quarters goals per match, but that's only fourth. Third best defense, giving up well under a goal per match. 
I think they're going to make international play this year. At least I'm certainly hoping so. I'm, I'm with Team Apoel, as is, as is my guest. But I think it's hard to not have uh, a little bit of room in your heart for uh, Northosis. Uh, tied for number five in league scoring is a guy who is an absolute load, Sergio uh, Castell. He is from Spain. He is a striker. He is six foot two, and he is a big, thick boy. Yeah, I think think like Daryl DK, USMNT fans. Uh, longest end of his career, he spent with Ibiza, which is a Spanish team that is currently in the third division, but they've been uh, a, a, notch or t- a notch or even two higher than that in recent years. And while that's a nice little bit about this particular uh, one versus B matchup going on in Cyprus, I have noob in my name for a reason, so it really behooves me on all our parts uh, to bring in uh, to bring in experts. And with that, joyfully, we get to reintroduce our friend Tassos, who is an expert on all things uh, Mappa. Am I getting the break in the word right, Tassos? Am I getting yes, you are. You, you, you're getting there, aren't you? You're getting, yeah. you're getting closer and closer. No, that was right. very good. Yeah, for a yeah. Uh, for for an American, I'd like to think I'm at least getting a six on a scale of one to ten. Getting a little bit closer with some of these in our our pre uh, our pre recording chat. Uh, I was either getting closer on some things or you simply on uh, some of the town names or you simply given up that I'm going to get them truly accurate and that I'm uh, close enough for hand grenades and government work. <laughs> well, I mean, we could uh, I was I was holding my tongue to uh, to 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 put it all out on the line. A while on the recording. That's what. That's oh, that, about. that's good. At least, uh, I, at least I'm not going. All right, let's talk about that April. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be bad. All right. Uh, so uh, before we get into the match that we just introduced, uh, following uh, you, Tassos, and uh, and on Twitter, where we want to make sure folks know they can find you as. Gaffes and Flares. So the the at is the wrong way around to the name. The at is at Flares Gaffes. But the website that we have is gaffesflares.com. Um, so the website is uh, myself and Stell, who is my co-host on the This Is Mappa podcast. We put our articles every so often about what's been happening in Cypriot football. Uh, there's a lot of yelling about the national team in there um, because we're doing very badly as a as a national team, uh, and also some transfer news and uh, some some exclusives as well, which uh, which, which got a lot of interest from people previously. Uh, now on Twitter, I cover a lot of the uh, a lot of the transfer news, day to day news. Uh, that's happening in football, and as 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 you know, um, a lot happens every day. So it's kind of like, okay, this happened, knock it off. Next thing, knock it off. Next thing. It's like it, it's like follow. It's like following my stories before I start show prepping for my radio job and my other show. I get to find out what all the drama is in Cyprus and, and a number of different countries through different accounts. But uh, these are the sorts of uh, shows and resources, uh, new bites, if I may affectionately refer to you as such, that the point is to sort of graduate you to as you, uh, hopefully your interest in uh, the sport and specific, uh, you know, specific national teams and specifically national top flight domestic league blooms. And then to that end, you also have a fantastic uh, YouTube show. 
Correct. Yeah. So this is Mapa is hosted by me and uh, my co-host and boss. He's not going to like me saying that. Stell. Uh, so this is Mapa is basically like um, a roundup of the uh, games uh, during the last match day and all the news around around it that would occur. So and for those do- who haven't caught it out there in our audience uh, from previous appearances, by chance, if you happen to be newer, Mapa is simply the uh, it is the Greek Cypriot word for football. Do I have that right? That is correct. Yeah, Mapa is the Greek Cypriot word for football. It's not yeah. the Greek word for football. Ah, okay. Yeah, uh, Mapa is um, how to uh, how to put it. Um, it's it, it's a colloquial word anyway, because the real word for football in uh, in Greek is bodosfero. Uh, yeah, that's a little and, different. Yeah, exactly. Mapa is just the easy way. It's just the easy way of uh, putting it across. All right, let's talk. Let's start with some national team first, since you uh, broached, uh, yeah, broached that ripping off the bandaid, as it were. Because <laughs> as you said, they haven't been doing particularly well. Uh, I'm trying to think in terms of uh, the last two big events, the uh, the UEFA uh, Nations League, which I realize some people consider to be a little bit bigger than others do, and then of course your general uh, European qualifiers. What what's been happening? <laughs> <laughs> crying uh, yeah. crying has been happening apparently weeping yeah yeah so um the uh how how to how to describe this in such a way that doesn't use words that will get you x-rated the, the bed. <laughs> yeah 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 so in essence what has happened is the uh, cyprus fa took the decision to hire uh, a Georgian head coach called Tamuri Getzbaya. Now, uh, Tamuri Getzbaya is a former striker. He's played for Anorthosis. He's played for AK Athens, he says. Maybe not. Maybe not. I think it's Olympiagos in Greece. Uh, Newcastle United in the Premier League. Dundee United, Wolverhampton Wanderers, and then he moved to a coaching role where he went to Anorthosis and he was the first coach to get a team from Cyprus into the Champions League group stages. He won the league with Anorthosis and Cup. Uh, he went to a couple of different teams, to Apoel and some other teams as well, and didn't do quite as well. Uh, and then the Cyprus national team picked him up uh, and to use his experience as uh, as as a player and as a head coach to be able to get Anorthosis into the Champions League. Yeah, on paper, this sounds like a great get. Yes, except his tactics are outdated, and he. Uh, but and for some reason, he has no concept of who is a good player or not. Um, we've seen a lot of favoritism from him with regards to players from a specific team in the league, even though their performance last season wasn't great. Uh, he's uh, denigrated a lot of the players from abroad. Uh, he called Cyprus a small nation for football, which, okay, it is. But he, <laughs> Don't uh, but, say the quiet part out loud, sir. 
but uh, no, it's not just that. He was saying that in relation to Georgia, which, Ooh. which, uh, okay, they have Farish uh, uh, Gelia at Napoli and some other players, but I wouldn't consider Georgia to be this world-beating champion team. Um, I feel like the last time we talked, um, Cyprus was around number twenty or twenty-one in the world. Oh, that 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 doesn't sound right. No, it there would probably be in like the fifties or the sixties, something like that. Gotcha. And then oh, you know what? I was thinking of the the UEFA coefficients for league associations. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, since he's taken over, we are now something like hundred and twenty-fourth. We're just above Libya in the world rankings for national teams. Um, he, he, his formation, while on paper it says three four three, it's actually something like six three one. Uh, he, um, he said that as soon as he saw the uh, group stage draw for the Cyprus national team, he said that he. Uh, he would have resigned if we didn't have the Nations League games for the team to play. Wow, and... I'm uh, at this point. I'm surprised. I'm already surprised that at that point they were still holding on to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. He's st- he's still there. He's still there. And uh, he uh, he said that while the team was losing seven and eight nil to Spain and Scotland and Norway and Georgia, he said that. Um, we should judge him on the games against Gibraltar in the playoff for the Nations League, which would have been happening in March. And that's what he should be judged on. Otherwise, he would have resigned. Now, since he made that press conference, UEFA came out and said that the playoffs, the relegation playoffs that Cyprus would have played against Gibraltar are no longer happening and Gibraltar are going to play Estonia in the relegation playoff instead. So now he doesn't have that relegation playoff game that he was saying to everybody to judge him on that. He doesn't have that anymore. And I'm going to guess he's not real happy about the idea of defaulting back to being judged on uh, getting kicked around by Georgia and Scotland and Norway. Well, since since that happened, we haven't heard a peep from him. So, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> he has discovered that maybe just maybe silence, silence is the better part of valor. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But Do yeah. you think there's any chance of a turnaround with him or, or his days numbered? No. no. No, I don't I don't see I don't see how it will be possible for him to get anything out of this team. He denigrated a load of players, said that they weren't capable of uh being in Europe. Uh he there was uh Piero Sodirio who plays in the Japanese first division. And Marinos Jonis, who plays for Kansas City in the MLS. Um, and he was saying that they weren't dedicated enough and that he was keeping them in reserve for these games against Gibraltar. So, so yeah, that's uh, that was another thing as well. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Not good times, but bad times for the national team. Exactly. What's the next major uh, competition or games coming up? uh, Well, they've got two friendlies in March. So they've arranged these two friendlies quite hastily now that they don't have the playoffs. Uh, And they are against, I can't remember, I can't remember. It would take too long to look it up. But uh, yeah, they've got two friendlies. uh, And then afterwards, there is the draw for the next round of the Nations League. After that, uh, where we will find out in September, October and November whether or not Cyprus is any good against the teams that are, in theory, close to their level. Well, and here yeah. I was hoping that the FootMob app would show me what was coming up next, but it is not. So it will have to remain a mystery, at least for the moment. All right, um, let's move on into some league play uh, talk. And there's been go- something going on between two of, uh, if memory serves, two of the bigger teams in Cyprus and a little bit of uh, clapping back and forth about needing or not needing uh, a, a foreign uh, delegation of referees. Can you fill me in on some of those well, details, what I'm missing here? So there's actually three or four teams involved in this conversation. Oh. So uh, Abuel in the last match, they had a game against Apollon Limassol. Uh, now, uh, in that game, Apollon were winning 2-0. Uh, and then in the 95th minute, Abuel scored an equaliser to make it 2-2. So, uh, yeah, there was a lot of angry messaging from Abolon Limassol regarding referee bias, or uh, not necessarily referee bias, but implied referee bias. Uh, basically, they were saying that the VAR for the game was uh, not taking correct decisions. So, for instance, there was a, a admittedly dangerous tackle from an Abuel player where he only received a yellow card and the Abolon hierarchy um, believe it to be a red card offence uh, and VAR did not get involved uh, and they had a problem with that. And for the 2-2 uh, equalising goal, the VAR originally showed it was offside. However, when they drew the lines properly, the the uh, player who actually headed the ball down for uh, Georgi Kvilidaya to score was actually onside. Uh, and they corrected that mistake. Uh, and the Abolon Limassol hierarchy were not happy with that. Now, uh, Abuel, who are in first place, are going to play Anorthosis in second place. Uh this next match day. Now, in the meantime, Anorthosis had a match against Garmiotissa, where they won 1-0. However, in the 91st minute, there was a a rather um, interesting uh, stamp on a Garmiotissa player just just inside the Anorthosis uh, penalty box. And nobody brought that up stop the game for penalty or anything like that. So they just continued playing. And Arthos has ended up winning that game 1-0. Now, based off of Abolon's response uh, to Abuel's, uh, to, to the refereeing decisions in the Abuel game, Arthos has made a request to the Cyprus FA 
without Abwell knowing in the first place, uh, to get a foreign refereeing team involved in the game, as they uh, as they are um, concerned about the uh, biases of the referees involved uh, in the game in Cyprus. So Abuel heard about this uh, in a um, uh, as a as a third party. They heard about this from a third party and put a long post on social media about Anothosis requesting this foreign refereeing team for and the what purposes was their of take? bias. <laughs> and Abuel's take was: Listen, you you make this uh, you you make this demand without involving us. Uh, that's fine. We're going to beat you uh, at the stadium, despite whatever refereeing team you put in front of us. We've got our, we've got the best fans in the world, and we're going to beat you in front of them, regardless of who gets picked to be the referee for this game. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but you've got a ball. Uh, same day, Abuel then put a response together about uh, Abolon's original response to uh to what uh abolon was saying saying that um you know there's a lot of things that your players were doing that weren't picked up by the referee as well but you know bias is bias i guess uh and there's been back and forwards between abuel and these two teams uh, in the meantime garmiodis have also put in a complaint about the referee <laughs> Uh, in their game against Anorthosis and saying that, yeah, it's all well and good foreign referees getting the big games, but we're never in the big games, so we never get a foreign referee. <laughs> they clap back and forth between, at the very least, Apoel and and uh, Anorthosis. I almost got my emphasis on the wrong syllable there, but working real hard on it. You saved it. You <laughs> saved it. Just, just barely. Fingertip saved. I got tipped it into the woodwork. <laughs> Oh gosh, but I have a feeling somebody's going to kick in the rebound. Uh, so, what is the upshot of all this between the two teams? How are uh, a North Assist and these other teams taking Apoel's attitude, and will they get the forward referees that they want? Well, so um, it's an interesting one. the 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 referee question has been asked a lot of times over the years in Cyprus. Um, at the beginning of this season, there was uh, a few attacks on referees' cars and referees' families' cars and the referee union building. Uh, they were all kind of arsoned or bombed. Oh, or, my goodness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, on top of that, there's obviously because the island is very small, um and the teams are so politically driven then any kind of uh, mistake or say slight against one team will be seen as uh biased towards another team um now there are cases of the referees making it well known which team they support as well. So, for instance, uh, their private social media accounts. Oh, that's show and foolish. <laughs> yeah, show off uh, 
they show off which team they support obviously oh, i've gone to this game i'm wearing this team's kit so a lot of people take that as you know, referees being biased and unprofessional uh there may be a case for that there may not be a case for that i'm not i'm not going to be here to chuck knives into an already very sharp situation um <laughs> the so what has happened over the last couple of years is in the very big games is uh the cyprus fa have been paying for foreign referee teams to come in so for instance uh abuelo bonia game um begin near the beginning of the season however um just because the referees are foreign referee doesn't necessarily mean they're a good referee. Uh-huh. So, for instance, Abuelo Monia is called the Eonio. It's the immortal derby. Mm-hmm. It's the derby in between the two most successful teams in Cyprus. Uh, they share the stadium. Yeah, they're both from Nicosia. Yeah, exactly. And the teams as well, politically, are diametrically opposite from each other. You've got... Far left and far right. Uh, 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 Omonia, they are the ones that are far left, correct? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so the derby can be very fraught. Very, it's a very angry, very emotional derby whenever that game is on. Uh, and this Italian referee came to the match. Uh, considering, you know, this 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 guy uh, refereed in Syria, he'd uh, got a lot of experience, and he came into the derby and he had sent off five players, I think, during oh. the game, as well as uh, one of the coaches and one of the assistant coaches, completely lost control of the game. Um, so. I don't think the solution is necessarily to bring in the foreign referees. I think we need. I think it, the issue of a referee quality, especially at, at VAR level, is a discussion that's happening everywhere. So, um, in the Premier League, for instance, uh, there's been a couple of incidents that they've gone on for months about. Uh, whereas, you know, if, so if if these incidents had happened in Cyprus, two days later, people would have forgotten about it. So, for instance, we're talking about, you know, these two, three teams going head to head with each other on social media with the press statements and whatever else. But, you know, in two, three days, there'll be another thing for people to talk about. And this will go, this will get brushed under the rug. Yeah, over in England, I gather nothing really gets ever brushed under the rug. There's just so much media coverage of everything. They have room for all of it, so they don't see a reason to let go. Just keep. Well, it's it's not just oh. that. It's it's also um, outside of what's happening on the pitch. There isn't that much happening. So when something does happen, uh it's it's like 24 hour coverage on it on it all the time whereas in cyprus there's so much stuff happening off the pitch there a story is barely given some time to breathe before all right we've got to jump on to the next one interesting 
goodness. So uh, do you think they're going to continue the use of the foreign referees or is, uh, is that, are they going to spend some money on some higher quality ones, whether uh, no matter where they can get them from? So earlier in the season, um, somebody who used to be involved in the financial side of the Cyprus FA uh, released some information about how much each referee gets paid. So, um, in the first division, uh, I, can't, I can't remember the numbers uh, exactly, but the pay between a first division uh, first division game refereed by a Cypriot referee and a foreign referee is something like two or threefold, and that doesn't include uh, expenses for the foreign referees. Well, now this is going to sound, but so the foreign referees are getting more or it's working the other way? Oh, no. So the foreign referees are getting more. Okay. That's what I thought. Just for the game. Sure. But they're also getting their flights, their hotels, and their expenses paid on top of that. And it doesn't sound like in some instances it's necessarily been worth the money. Uh, Exactly. So there um, there is currently a scheme in place. Uh, where the Cyprus FA is trying to train up new referees with uh, with a higher quality standard. So they're going into uh, private schools as well to pick up um, children that would... Um, I don't know how, how to say this... Uh, Either way, uh, it's it's yeah. more it, yeah. Uh, either way, they they're going into schools now doing presentations to kids. Uh, there is a listener of the list. This is Mappa podcast who is actually going through the training course at the moment. Oh, so you're getting some inside information on this? Nice. We're trying to. Uh, uh, and one and um, one of the things that uh, he has said is the people training the these these um these referees to be has said that the quality of the separate referee at the moment is very, very, very low. Mm. And this is why they're going through these proper training schemes. So even internally within the Cyprus FA, the thinking behind the quality of the referees on the island is not, um, not great. Not sure. Well, it sounds like it's going to take a few years for you know that all to potentially get turned around. But I'm sure having a uh, a domestic corral of uh, of more trained up referees will pay dividends in the long run. Or here's the hoping, anyway. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, right. One one of the things that the Cyprus FA is also doing is sending the uh, referees to referee abroad as well. So there's deals with the Danish FA and the Portuguese FA. Uh, where they swap over, they, they they bring referees from one FA to the other, so they do, uh, they do training outside of the biased atmosphere, let's say, of the uh, of the Cypriot Championship. Gotcha. So some of the some of the somewhat uh, larger countries maybe get to send some of their burgeoning referees to get some uh you know uh you know first division experience or something akin to that i was supposing in the return the uh the 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 cypriot referees they're getting to train up with you know some really experienced people over in uh, those leagues and with those fas exactly exactly 
that's that is fun all right let's switch gears if we may and talk about uh the play on the pitch. Well, actually, I guess really what I'm going to mean here is the table. So things are very, very tight. And of course, you know, so there's only two points separating the two combatants uh, that I introduced to our listeners uh, pre-interview, uh, Applewell and uh, and uh, a North of... Oh, shoot. I'm going to mess it up again. <laughs> no, no, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. A North Assist. There you go. You got it. <laughs> a North Assist Famagusta, although I know they don't play in Famagusta, but... They would like to, again, someday in the future. Now, I will say this, uh, just to tie this in, first of all, I might have a, quite possibly have a very wrong idea about, I would have thought that there would have been a tie between these two teams and there wouldn't have been, a, you know, it wouldn't be quite so much uh, animosity. Uh, aren't they both sort of uh, 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 Greek far-right teams or do I have the wrong of that? You don't have the wrong of it. It's just that everybody hates everybody. <laughs> all right fair enough so the connect the connection is there but not as meaningful as i thought i might have thought it was yes yeah, i mean i again abolon is another team that uh, leans to the right uh and for some and, reason and they're in the relegation zone right now how surprised should i i'm feeling very surprised how surprised should i be feeling uh, with abolon they yeah. have had a weird 18 months uh, after winning the title uh, two seasons ago they mm. they've had a crazy 18 months um with uh four managerial changes last season they're on their second manager second manager third manager this season uh they've had uh Star players leave for large amounts of money. They've replaced them with players that are not as good. Uh, there's been on the field antics, off the field antics. They they had. Uh, I don't know if you've spoken about this player. Uh, it might be worth having a look into him. Amar Wada. No, nope, um, he's not one who was on my radar. Oh, you should definitely look up his story. He's he's had. Six clubs in the last 12 months, I think. Apparently, he doesn't like to unpack the entire suitcase. No, no, no. Uh, And I think three of the transfers happened in the summer without him kicking a ball. Um, If people want to know a bit more about that story, we have an exclusive on that on the website. So. All right, give them the website one more time. So we won't go deep into the weeds with this one, but we want to encourage the listeners we have to check this out because it sounds fascinating. Yeah, so it's gaffesflares.com. Want to make and sure that you get it in the right order, kids. Yes, exactly. Gaffesflares.com. And um, the uh, the article is called the Water Vision Recap. So, right um, as well. yeah. All right. So, what do you th- do? You think that uh, Apollon could get? Uh, do you think they'll? Uh, do you think they'll ultimately climb um, up into the championship round portion of things, the top six? Yeah, it's difficult for them because obviously they've uh, they, they they've not they didn't start the season well. Uh, they sacked the coach that they started the season with, brought a new coach in who went on a pretty solid unbeaten run, and then went five or six games losing straight 
And now they've brought in this new coach, this third one. Um, so you should see an improvement in uptick in form. But whether that uptick in form kind of is enough is a different question. You'll see if they can question. catch uh, uh, Ayak or uh, Eris. Yes. It's interesting. Yeah. It really looks like to look at the goal differentials and some of the other uh, stats, uh, other than maybe just the points in the table, because uh, uh, Nia Salamis, I'm probably getting that wrong as well, um, are, are right there with them on points. But looking at goal differential, it really seems like this is a league with uh, a bit of a gap perhaps ability-wise between the top seven and the bottom seven, but uh, musical chairs, only six can move on to the championship round. Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah, there's only six that can move into the championship round, and there's uh, classically, there's only six teams that would uh, go for those six positions. However, with the foreign investment from Bafos and Aris uh, going into those two teams, it means that two of the classically big six end up having to sit out a championship round. So we're talking um, about uh, um, uh, Apollon and what? Uh, uh, Ayel. Yeah, Ayel Limassol. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now, I'm I, seeing them down in ninth. I'm writing them off. <laughs> oh, yeah, write them off. Write them off. Write them off. They uh, are not generating the offense they need to in the defense and looking at doesn't look great either. But now at the yeah. top of the table, things are, of course, very different. Uh, very nearly, uh, we discussed uh, doing a game um, a, couple of, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it, it continues uh, to look like a fabulous race. You've got uh, Apoel uh, up on a north assist by just two. You've got two other teams two matches back uh do you see anybody else uh outside of those four realistically climbing into uh competition for is it three year i think it's three european births that come straight out of league play correct correct yeah yeah, yeah. do you see yeah. anybody uh do you see anybody below uh, uh ammonia uh catching up you think eris or ayak can uh, crack that so uh aris were last season's champions right um um Probably one of the favourites. Um, now they got to the Europa League group stages. And they didn't do they didn't do very well there. They managed to get four points in the six games, and those four points were a home win and an away draw with Rangers. Um, now the they have gone on like I think it's a three or a four game losing streak which is why they've kind of fallen away at the moment. Uh, but what we saw last season from Addis is they went on this like this six-game run of just draws. Draw, 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 draw. Uh, and then after after this kind of drop-in form that they had, as they just kept winning, kept winning, kept winning, and they ended up winning the title in the end. So I wouldn't write Addis off yet. Uh, now, a lot of people have spoken to me about my negative uh, outlook on Bafos FC, uh, even though they are in third. Their form against the top six last season was terrible. And if you have a look at the matches that they've had with other teams in the top six this season so far, their form is terrible. Gotcha. So, so they're beating who they should beat, but they're not getting nearly enough success against the good teams. Exactly. So they will need to change that if 
they want to get into those top three positions because Abuel, Anorthosis, Omonia, and Aris have got a bit better form between those teams. Um, Ayek, I don't think... I, I think Ayek have, have left things too late. They had a weird. They've had a weird twelve months as well, where they got to the Europa League. Uh, sorry, the Europa Conference League last sixteen got knocked out by West Ham, uh, and then their form fell off a cliff. Like uh, yeah, they, they seem to be in better form lately. But as you said, yes. they may have left it too late. They've got a lot of teams to leapfrog, but they're unbeaten in what their last six, seven since the loss to Apoel. I think I'm seeing. Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah, they've got in, but I would consider that a new manager bounce. The last, the last match day, they drew nil nil with Othedlos. So, uh, a team that they should be beating quite handsomely. Yeah, that they should have had. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's talk uh, Apoel and uh, Anorthosis, the teams that are actually going to be fighting uh, for this one. Oh gosh, I'm suddenly drawing a blank. Uh, this is in. Uh... Let's see here. Yeah, this is this is at Applewell. What kind of chance do you give a North assist in this one? I would not write them off, and that's because of the players that they've got available to them. They've made some very very good signings in the summer. Uh, some uh, fantastic signings from. Uh, they picked up a lot of players from the uh, Segunda in Spain. Uh, and quite a few of the players as well that they've picked up know uh, each other from playing against each other and playing with each other in other teams in Spain. So, despite the fact that they've brought in a lot of players, these players know each other from previous. So it's not so the cohesion issues that you would see, say, in a team like Abolon. That sound that you've that, got that's... a gentler learning curve with these e guys. Exactly, exactly. And I see exactly. they're in very, I see they're they're in very good form. I normally uh, that was the one thing that I usually in include in my uh, my intro for the matches, but I'm seeing that. Yeah, unbeaten in eight, only one draw in there, and only one of those was a cup win, uh, a home win against a team I've never, I've never heard of, and I won't even try to pronounce now that I'm looking at it. Oh, so, but yeah, I'm they're just trying to remember the game now. What's I'm that? Trying to, I'm trying to remember the team now. Well, I can say the acronym, the first part, uh, E N A D Polis. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Enav Polis Chrysokus. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't that. I was. I you were very, very close. You did very well there. Uh, oddly yeah. enough, I think I got Paul. I think I got. Uh, I, I think I got wrong with Polis, and yet uh, Chrysokos actually did better. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. One step but forward, yes. one step back. But yeah. but yeah, um, and, and Arthasis, they've got, they've got a very 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 good team. Uh, they've had a lot of injuries as well. Uh, one of them is very important player called Guerrero. Uh, but he's just come back, so he dislocated his shoulder in October, I think. Uh, and prior to that, he was just banging goals and assists in like no one's business. He, I, 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 I said that he was going to be MVP for the season for the whole league. Wow, Guerrero! Uh, so we'll keep an eye on him. The name that had leapt out to me, and I guess there's there's a reason he's not the team leader in goal scoring at the moment, is that injury was uh, another Spanish guy that you mentioned. Um, 
Yeah, he's with uh, he was they got him from a Bisa, I think, or at least at some point he was with a Bisa talking about Sergio Castell. Yes, yes. So at the moment he's on a bit of form. He's been scoring quite a few for them as well. Um He's uh, a big dude. He he is. He is. Uh, and he is a very scary proposition for any defense. Yeah, large and in charge is a phrase that we have over here. I don't know how yeah. well it translates to anything. No, else. no, it translates very well. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. The um, what Anothosis do have at the moment is they've got the, there seems to be a disciplinary issue within the team. So their first team goalkeeper, uh, Arbo Arboleda. Ivan Arboleda is a Colombian goalkeeper. Uh, he was omitted from their last game due to a disciplinary issue. Uh-oh. Yeah, so I'm not sure how that's going to evolve. Uh, another what, another important player for them this season that was supposed to come back from Angola uh, for the match last time out and he doesn't seem to be back yet is Chico Banza uh, he has a history of doing that because he did that to Nea Salamina in the summer prior to signing for Anorthosis as well so he seems to go to Angola and not come back when he's supposed to he misses that home cooking apparently uh, yeah I think that's what that is I don't think we've um, done a culture break for Angola yet so I'm not familiar with what the you know, the national, you know, savory dishes might be, but all in good time. I'm sure it will come up at some point. So but think, the, yeah, especially with the, a... the, the African Cup of Nations com coming up. I think Angola uh, are in it. So, so I'd look into it. But yeah, uh, he didn't get picked for the Angolan national team. So he's supposed to return back to Cyprus and he hasn't gone back yet. You think they'll pick up a new goalkeeper? I don't think they need one. I think they've got a couple of very good understudies. Gotcha. Uh, it seems that whatever disciplinary issue there was has currently solved itself because uh, the goalkeeper is back in training. Uh, but, you know, obviously those kind of things can have an effect psychologically on a team. Mm -hmm. uh, now, there's a few other injuries that have happened to Anorthosis as well, especially in their defence. So... Um, and a big one, uh, I can't remember the player's name. I'm really sorry. It's, uh, I want to say Helder Ferreira. Or, but but one of their players uh, was uh, uh, announced that he had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh, right? no. Yeah, it, uh, beginning of December. I mean, the non-Hodgkin's is worse, but you don't want any of that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, bad ones. Well, I'll be honest. No matter who's injured or who's not right now, um, I'm, I'm going to, uh, I've been, I've been getting into DraftKings, betting a little pocket change. And I think I'm going to be betting on uh, no on both the score. I think between the injury yeah. you talked about and, uh, you know, Sergio Castell seems fine, but Apple, well, they have, they've only conceded, uh, one goal in the last four wins. I know they just had the 2 2 draw, but that was at the road at Apollon. That doesn't seem like a, like a terrible result. I know, I know Apoel could, you know, run the table or something like that sometime, but mm. you know, that's hard. To, that doesn't seem like a bad loss. And the Apoel is in a very typical Apoel form. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, the best defense in the league, uh, you know, prior to letting in those two goals, they're only letting eight in 16. 
So that's it's a very, very good defensive record. What the issue is at the moment is that uh, Crespo, who's been very important to Abuel in defence for the last couple of seasons, mm-hmm. is currently injured. Um, and that could... I might have to. I might have to rethink that twenty-five cent bet that I was going to place. Then, yeah, you, yeah, I'm a big gambler now. You didn't know, (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah. So I, even so, Abuel, defensively, are pretty solid. Even even with that injury, it's just that. yeah. How are they on match congestion? Are they still alive in one of the European competitions? No, 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 no. The only team that was in the group stages in Cyprus this season was Aris, and they're now out. Oh, that's right. They, were they, did they send two last year to the Champions League? Were they so, high enough in the coefficient? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, there was... If we go from last season, there was Omonia and... Aik, is that right? No, no. Sorry, it was Omonia in the Europa League. However, they came last in their group, and then there was Aik uh, and Abolon. And Aik qualified second in their group in the conf- in the Conference League, and Abolon finished third. So they didn't get through. Um, now, on top of that, you also had Abo. Oh, I don't want to say Abol. Um, Aris got to the Conference League qualifiers, didn't get through. This season, there was uh, Omonia, Abuel, Aik, and Aris. But out of all uh, those four teams, the only one to qualify to group stages was Aris in the Europa League. Gotcha. So a little bit of a disappointing one for, for Abuel. All right, so um, oftentimes what we've done at this point is uh, talk to you about uh, prediction. That way I can, uh, you know, that way I can get Personoob to do the same thing, and I'll do the same thing, and she'll embarrass all of us. Um, <laughs> I won't. Uh, I won't ask for a league prediction. Two thirds of the way through uh, phase A feels a little bit early to be making a call on the league overall, and we've already talked a little bit about uh, you know the line between the championship and the relegation uh, rounds and that upcoming phase in a couple three more. Mm-hmm weeks that'll start up but let's talk this game given the injuries and everything else and both teams being in reasonably good form how do you see this going i mean as a fan of abuel um i will say i will go for a 2-1 win for abuel that seems pretty um, reason that seems pretty reasonable given the injuries i'm kind of turning around on uh on the goal scoring possibilities and i would i would have to think that after after uh you know, uh, Apple, whoever it was for Applewell that, you know, wrote up that, you know, public statement in response to, uh, you know, anorthosis, they've got to just, uh, anorthosis, darn it. Uh, <laughs> um, that they've got to be absolutely bringing it and just, you know, just coming out of the gate on fire. They've got to back that talk up where that's going to, that could be really ugly. Exactly. Exactly. No, the, either way, I think the atmosphere is going to be uh, is going to be hot. It's going to be hot, even if it's going to be raining and cold for Cyprus. It's going to be a hot atmosphere there. It's going to be loud. It's going to be very bright as well, with all the flares that are going to be going off. Oh, I hope I can find a stream for this one online somehow, somewhere to watch. It's going to be exciting. 
Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be of, good some game. of the stuff is not the easiest to find over on uh, this side of the Atlantic, but mm. this one sounds like it would be worth the effort and then some. Yeah, I would uh, I would try and get uh, get in on this game just 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 based off of the sound uh, around it as well. Just the um, the the ultras for Abwell are very loud and they do not stop all game. And the Mahides for Anorthosi, they're the same as well. So the the the, the game is gonna be, it's gonna be loud and heavy and bright and smoky and um yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an event. Okay, and let's just you know let's uh, let's for fun. I'm just gonna go way out on limb for fun. I'm gonna say a, a brace of goals for uh, Marquinhos. Oh, you are a man after my own heart. I love that player. He, he's a fantastic player. He's oh yes, fantastic. he has seven seven goals on the season. I mean, they get their offense from a number of you know he's the he's one A of a number of one Bs over there for offense, and he's another one of those guys coming over from the second division in uh, Spain. He was with uh, Sport uh, Recife. That's Brazil Recife, isn't it? Recife, you you know what? You might be. I think you're right. I think I miss. Yeah, Mar 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 Marquinhos is 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 Brazilian. Oh, forever noob! I don't know why I thought they were second division Spain. Yeah, Spain. maybe I because I'd seen so many other Spanish players. I'm sure was, uh, I'm sure that was it. It wasn't just yeah. that I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tassos, thank you so much for all the insight and all the fun, all the reminders on where we can catch your information. I'm going to have a great time uh, catching up on some of this uh, this weekend, heading up onto this particular game. And uh, I hope that we might call on you again because this uh, this doesn't look like a year where Apoel is you know going to run away with it. I think this might be like uh, the Turkish race from uh, a couple three seasons ago, where who knows. We we might have six teams within like three points of one another by the end. It was it it it's absolutely crazy. Uh, at one point, uh, three or four match days ago, there there was four teams, four or five teams that were separated only by three points. So it's uh, it's 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 getting it's it's getting hot. It's getting crazy. Um, I mean, there's so many things we didn't even talk about. Just for Abuel, a lot of things have happened for Abuel. A lot of things have happened for Anotasis that we haven't even brought up. So, you know, there's there's so much going on. It's unbelievable. Well, we'll be able to catch those on, on the YouTube show and on your website. And obviously, you'll be talking about those on your Twitter account. And uh, and Lord and you willing, we will have you uh, back again soon for when there's another uh, top three or top four uh, match there in the Cypriot first division. Yeah, of course. Have me, have me. I will be gladly here. One thing I would ask uh -huh. is for a uh, person noob to give me her predictions prior to me giving my predictions to you because she's the one that's always correct. So <laughs> she does have a pretty good record so far. I think I'm going to give her my, uh, my DraftKings login credentials. <laughs> did she, did she, did she already make a prediction for, for the game? Uh, no, not yet. She is, uh, she has been harder for me to peg down even to do her animal segment lately because oh. she is, uh, her basketball season ended. She never played a uh, basketball before. She's in middle school now where they do it competitively. And now in this, I didn't even know this was a thing at the uh, high school and middle school level here in the States. And this part of the States, uh, she is now competing on an archery team between the six grades. They have like a hundred kids who are all into archery. 
Right. Okay. So she's been harder to pin down, but if I can get her off the range, then uh, we'll get that advance. We'll get the advanced one that way. Maybe we can both make a little quit because I'll tell you what this Noob Stradamus character that I keep having on, he doesn't get anything right. I think he's gotten two matches right in three years. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. No. You. You got. You got to. Got to get that name changed. Yes. Well, thirty-five year, hundred years old. I think he's starting to have a few senior moments here and there. Uh, we'll trust uh, the eleven-year-old instead. Yeah, exactly. Passos, happy new year to you. I hope that you had a happy tremendous holiday season that we're going to get to speak to you again soon. Yes, yes. Please. All right, and go Applewell. We'll just we're we're too yeah, Applewell now. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a wrap on episode 169 of Soccer Noob Rocking America featuring Person Noob and most especially featuring our good friend Tassos this particular week. Thank you once more time for uh, joining us this week and educating we American noobs as a double challenge, I am sure, when it comes to footy talk or maybe much of anything else. Also, thank you very much to he who is known as the management for all of his production and editing wizardry, to Dan, the former Interno Inferno, whose creative efforts and inspirations, as always, are on fire. Thank you very much, daughter, dearest person, kisses for you for joining us once again and helping out with your animal segment and everything else that you do. And thank you to you for finding us. We hope if you liked it that you will consider sharing us and our name with your footy-minded friends. Until we can do it again in a few days, have yourself a fabulous footy week. Take care. Hey.